Well, let's look at the message today on your outline. Now, how many, you'll be honest and you say, Christmas is really not your season. Let me see your hand. Just be honest. It's not your season. Man, Shasta, we're going to pray for you. Matt raised his hand. Christmas is not his season. Well, he's always on that naughty list with Cole anyway. <laughs> he works as a fireman, so he might as well be on it. But uh, you know what? I love Christmas. Even though um, it can be tough for people, I love it because Father God decided to make a way for us. And that's what it's all about. It's about Jesus and loving the Lord. So if you're married this morning, would you turn to your spouse and just look at them and say, I appreciate you so much. Would you tell them that? I was watching some of these parents and they're trying to get, they're out there and they're trying to get their children to stand up or to sing. And they're like, just funny. If, if I would have gone down there with a microphone and just talked to them about their families, but I thought, oh, I better not do that. We don't know what might be revealed. So Christmas is a time to rejoice. That's what we're going to look at today. It's a time to rejoice, and I know that's so true for many of you. So I just thought we might as well laugh a little bit, so let's look at some Christmas jokes. Where does a mistletoe go to become famous? To Hollywood. Some of you don't get that. You'll have to look up mistletoe and where it comes from. What is Santa's favorite music? Of course, it's rap. I'm trying to cheer you up this morning. Anna goes, would you please start preaching? Uh -uh. But this one's the best, I thought. I thought this was really good. My wife just looks at me, but anyway. Okay, what do you get when you mix a Christmas tree with an iPad? You get a pineapple. Okay. All right. Let's look at scripture this morning. Jesus, we just pray you be with us. Open up their minds, God. They're not getting these tremendous jokes. Help them, Lord. But Lord, just help us not only to be hearers of your word, we want to be doers of your word. And so, Lord, allow us to take it in, allow it to produce fruit in our lives. And we just say, Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts. Allow us to be a difference in lives around us. And we just thank you, Jesus, for making a difference in us. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Timothy 3.10, it's not on your outline, but it's just a verse that stands out to me um, that I think is so important. It says, great, 3.16, I'm sorry, 3.16. It says, great indeed, we confess, is the mystery of godliness. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, and taken up into glory. That is a verse that really describes part of the Christmas season. He was manifested in the flesh. I mean, in the Greek, the translation is, he became visible in flesh. The angel saw the face of God for the first time. Can I say that again? 
the angel saw the face of God for the first time because he is so holy. That's, that's, that's amazing to me. And then Philippians 2, verses 6 through 8. Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Oh my goodness. Paul's telling us what happened here. God became flesh. Took the form of a man. Became a servant. That word servant in the Greek is doulos. It is one who does the bidding of his owner. One whose principal task is to fulfill the desire of his master, to help assist and fulfill his master's wants and dreams to the exclusion of all else, to service in all that he does or is demanded of, one who is swallowed up by the will of another. When he became a servant, he totally died to his will. Can you imagine when Christ tells you and I to be a servant, what he's really saying, die to yourself. Do my will. How many know that is an hourly battle at times? To really die to our will in order to accomplish the Lord's. I just think these are so powerful. Jesus came to fulfill the Father's will. Jesus was formed. God fashioned him in the womb of Mary. Amazing. Fashioned in the Greek is schema, a king who exchanged kingly garments for a brief period for the clothing of a commoner. That's what schema means. In other words, God became man, became common, so that he could make a way for you and I. It's an incredible story, this Christmas story. It's a time to rejoice. You and I have a second chance because of Jesus. It's amazing. He reclothed himself, Christ did. He humbled himself. He stooped to the lowest point, became obedient unto death. And then Philippians 2, 9 through 11. It says, therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. God exalted him for what he did. Doesn't that make you, that makes me excited. When I think about what he did for me, oh my goodness. Highly exalted is he. Above and beyond is what that means. Above and beyond. All will bow and honor and respect him someday. That's what scripture tells us. Every person will bow before him. They may not claim him now. They may say he doesn't exist. But someday, all will bow 
before the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is so cool. Let's look at the story, Matthew 1, 18 through 25. We've read it, but we're going to read it again because we're going to highlight some things. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and if you missed last week's message on Joseph and Mary, you need to go back and listen, especially about Joseph. Being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Man, an angel appears to him and tells him that. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had, spo had been spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Wow. I was listening to Danny Gokey, who's a Christian singer, share about being married. And his wife was born with a heart issue, and she had many surgeries. And they didn't have any children, but as they were young in their marriage, she got in severe pain. And after all the surgeries, they said, we need to do one more, but really what we need, even if we do the surgery, we need a new heart. And while they were waiting on the transplant, trying to get the new heart, she passed away. And it devastated his life. Then he went on to American Idol and, and um, went through. And, and then for a season, he said, I was really lost. I didn't know what to do. And he ended up remarrying. And God opened the door for him to step into the music that he loved, the Christian music. And he said, I believe he said, we had three children. And all of a sudden, my wife became pregnant with our fourth. And he came forth, and he was a little boy. And we had decided that we were going to name him, if he was a boy, Emmanuel. And he came forth. They asked for the name. He said, we will call him Emmanuel. And it dawned on him. That day, so many years previously, the day that Emmanuel was born, his son, was the day that he lost his first wife. And he said, and his meaning, the meaning of his name is, and God is with us. And God was speaking to him, you lost her, she's with me. I've given you a son, but I am with you, and I have been with you. And I thought that is such a cool story. Such a cool story that no matter what you face this year, who you may have lost or what, what you considered was a great loss, Jesus is always there. You may not feel him. You may not see him. But he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Amen? God knew exact, the exact perfect time for Jesus to be born. Israel was under the control of Romans. There was corruption, chaos taking place. 
Bondage and sin was all around them. It was abounding. Doubt, fear, dread, along with taxation. Can I say that word again? Taxation. One more time. Taxation. People at that time were being forced to go to the city where they were born for a census because of the Romans. But Galatians 4, 4 and 5 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. My goodness. It was all about God's timing. The winter solstice, the longest night of the year, took place last night. December the 17th, the longest night of the year. It seems like time is going by so fast, but I cannot wait for spring. Now, nights will be shorter. Can you imagine that night in the manger? What was taking place where the shepherds were watching their sheep? An amazing time. People are like, and then the three kings. No, it doesn't say in the Bible there were three, and they did not show up at that time. It was almost two years later. They were on a journey getting there. And he really wasn't born this time of the year, just so you'll know. We just picked the date to celebrate. It was all about God's timing. I've always thought that December the 24th was always the longest night. As a kid, I knew it was the longest night. I would beg my dad, just one present. Please, let us unwrap. No, my mom was right there. No. Three o'clock, I'd ask my brother, you awake? Yeah. He's asleep right now. But, uh, but I... he, he was given the heart to work. I got the looks and the brains, praise God. <laughs> but I'd ask my brother at 3.30 in the morning, do you think we could get him up? He's like, let's try. He would, I'd go, being the older brother, go ahead. <laughs> ask dad. He'd go, daddy, daddy. I said, say it louder. <laughs> daddy, what? Can we get up? Be quiet and go to sleep. A little bit later, I'd do the same thing to him. Finally, about 4 o'clock, my dad was tired. of He goes, let's get up. We're like, yes. When I married my wife, they're a family that's, they do everything in order. Everybody gets one present. You let her mom open first, which takes 25 minutes, because you have to save the bow. And then each person goes, and I'm like, this is like the worst type of Christmas I've ever been in my life. Because in my house, 
when my dad said go, we tore into our presents, man. We didn't care what anybody else got. It was, uh, anyway, I know. I was just a kid. I was just a kid. But in my house today, we watch Shaloy unwrap the bow. <laughs> and we do it one at a time. I have grown more patient. As you reflect on this year, 2022, as you look at this year, what comes to your mind about your year? Have you been blessed? Has it been a long year? Have you struggled? What's gone on? So many focus on their stress, how they've had to work harder, do more, their loss, the economy, shaking, government intrusion. They focus on all these things and they forget what we're really to focus on is Jesus. Joseph and Mary, the shepherds, they all had their own struggles. They had questions. They were on, some of them, unpredictable journeys. Facing hardship, rejection, not finding a place for a child to be born. Even having the unexpected take place. But what we have to remember at Christmas is life is full of surprises. It's full of surprises. And Christmas is the best surprise ever. It's the best surprise ever. So what are you celebrating this year? You survived? That's my celebration, Pastor. I survived. I'm celebrating family coming home. That's a good thing. I'm celebrating shopping. I love to shop. That's a good thing for some. I'm celebrating gifts. I love to give gifts. Or a family miracle. Or my shopping is done. I'm celebrating my breathing. Christmas can be work. It can be pleasure or it can be a struggle. The first point today is this. Christmas is a time to release our fears. It's a time to release our fears. When the angel appeared to Mary and he said to her, do not be afraid. Fear not. Fear not. For you have found favor with God. Joseph, in Matthew 1.20, as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary. I heard Rick Warren say years ago when I was at a conference, there are over 365 fear knots in the Bible, one for every day. We're not to walk in fear. The shepherds and the angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Remember that Charlie Brown cartoon? That always stands out to me when I hear that. 
Christmas is a time to release our fears. Why? I just wrote some things down here. Because he is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. That baby in that manger grows to be the King of kings and Lord of lords who goes to the cross, dies, raises from the dead, and is our provider. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Come on. You may need a healing. You need to go to Jesus. He is Jehovah Shammah. He's always there. He's present no matter what's going on. He's Jehovah Shalom, our peace. No matter what's going on in this world, we can look to him and keep our peace. He is Jehovah Raha, my shepherd. He's El Shaddai. He's all-sufficient. He's righteous. He sees all. He's everywhere. He sanctifies. He's my rock, my helper, my defender. He's my source, my friend. He is the truth. He defines what love is, and he is love. He is more than I will ever be able to comprehend while I'm on this earth. That's who he is. So we do not need to fear. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed out begging for bread. The other morning as I gathered with pastors, we were praying for those in Iran, those in Iraq, those in Syria that were leading worship and then they were taking off the platform and beheaded because they were worshiping Jesus. Those that are telling their friends when they come to get you, this is how you witness to your tormentor. The one that's going to kill you, these are things to say so that he might accept Christ. That's all they're focusing on. There's persecution taking place and we need to be praying for them. Encouraging God to be with them and their family. I remember a missionary coming and speaking to us and they were in a communist country and the soldiers brought his family before him and they said deny Christ he said I would not and one by one they slaughtered his children in front of him then finally they said we said deny Christ or we will cut your wife in half. He did not deny Christ. You see, there are many facing things we can't comprehend. And their rewards in heaven are amazing. Why would somebody not deny him, even at the loss of those? Because he had instilled in his family, Jesus is what it's all about. I know that's hard-hitting, but we're not to live in fear. Amen? Not to live in fear. Anxiety and worry, they do nobody any good. God wants us to let go and allow ourselves to trust Him with the unknown and the unseen. We're to stay on the path 
and continue walking in his word, meditating upon his word, trusting his word. Matthew 6.34 says, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Life is full of change and uncertainty. God is big enough to help you walk through it. Look at the second point today. Christmas is a time to renew our faith. It's a time to renew our faith. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. The last part of John 10.10, 10, that verse says, Jesus said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If you don't know Christ, the greatest thing you could do is ask Him to be your Lord and Savior. It's the greatest decision that you'll ever make, and believe me, it is worth it, because He really is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. As much as I enjoy Christmas, and I do, I'm singing all the songs, and today I really thought I would come up here, and I wore this blue jacket, and I thought I'd go, Look at Shaloi and go, oh, blue, but I didn't, because I love Christmas, and I love having fun, but Christmas is not Rudolph, it's not Santa, it's not Frosty, it's not Scrooge, it's not the Grinch. Christmas is Jesus. So if you look at this, I want you to understand at a point number two there, Christmas means you matter to God. Can I tell somebody that this morning? You're here, not sure why you're here. It's for this moment. Jesus wants you to know you matter. So much to him. You matter. You're not an accident. You're not an accident. Jesus wants you to know him. So important that we understand that. So no matter the good, the great, the bad, the ugly, he loves you. Even in your screw-ups and your messes, God loves you. Isn't that good? Somebody say, well, oh, and you're cheapening grace. I am not cheapening grace. He saw everything I would ever do, the great, the awesome, the bad, the ugly, every sin I would ever commit. He says, I'm dying for Owen, past, present, and future sins. That's so good. God has a plan for you. His purposes for you are real. There are people you're going to reach and touch, and you will not leave this earth until you fulfill God's will. I heard Charles Stanley say that one time, and I thought, that is so good. We will not leave until we fulfill his will for our lives. I think about the guy that 
they got close to Christmas and he was having a real hard time breathing, starting to pass out, and he was seeing white spots in his eyes. And he went to the doctor and they run all these tests and his doctor said, listen, this is a rare disease. I've had to look it up, but you have less than six months to live. And he's like, what? Yeah. So, I mean, he goes, he gets his wife, his family. He spends tons of time with them. He's at church. He's doing all these things that he's supposed to be doing because he knows his days are limited. And he's making sure he makes a difference in people's lives. And finally, about five months into it, he went to a tailor, and he said, you know, I know I'm going to be dying. I want a really nice suit, and so I want this, and I want you to make sure I have this shirt, and I need a 15-inch neck in the shirt. And the tailor measured him. He goes, your neck is almost 17 inches. He goes, no, it's 15. He goes, sir, 16 and a half would be the best I could do. He goes, I am paying, I want a 15-inch neck in my shirt. He said, if I give you a 15-inch neck and you keep it buttoned, you're not going to be able to breathe, and all you're going to do is see white spots. Okay. <laughs> Come on now. We can get ourselves in messes and create things that aren't even reality. Did you like that, babe? <laughs> Thirdly, Christmas is a time to receive forgiveness. You see, Jesus can't save you until you give him permission. Can I say that again? You can't receive Christ until you're willing. You can't make it into heaven on your own merit. It has to be through Christ. It's only through Christ. It's only in Christ. I mean, that's why we have John 3, 16 and 17. He established it. That is the good news. Then lastly, point number four. Christmas is a time to rebuild relationships. Some of you need to do that. My mom turned, she had a birthday today. She is now 80. The most godly woman I've ever met. Whom I love so much. The other day I was taking her to lunch because her memory is sliding a little bit, and I was just telling her all the things that she has done for me and how grateful I am for all those things. When she stood in the gap when nobody was there, when she prayed when nobody else prayed, when she held my hand, stayed up late, walked me through things, and I'm so grateful for a godly Mother, there is something about moms that makes such a difference. Dads too, but there is something, ladies, 
about bringing forth that child, that bond, that connection that we men will never, ever understand. But I love her so much, and I said, Mom, you made it to 80. And she looked at me. She said, Son, I'm hoping you make it to 70. <laughs> you put me through a lot. I said, Mom, you're having a moment. You think you're talking to Ronnie. This is your oldest son. She goes, Oh, 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 that's right. You're not Ronnie. I said, yeah, I know. It's all good. First John 1, 7 through 9. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, the, with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, this season we want to promote unity. We want to love one another, but life is complicated. And things rise up. You're going to see family that you haven't seen or run across them. I mean, I'm blessed to have my cousin here today. Luke, I remember when you were struggling as a teenager, and Shaboy and I moved, we moved you in with us, and Jared was about one year old, and man, I had to go back to school, helping you with your homework, I'm like, help me, Lord, but it was all God, it was all good, we had some great months together. And for me to see you here today, man, that blesses me. And God's not done with you. He's not done with you. Sometimes being a believer is work. And you reach out and you help others and it's work but it's all worth it. Amen? It's all worth it. To see Luke's smiling face, I saw him a few weeks ago here, it just, it's a blessing to me. Rebuild relationships. If you've been wounded or hurt, forgive them. Release that. If it's an ex, forgive them and move on. Please don't pour that into your children. Be an example of Jesus. So that one day you and I will stand and he will look at us and he will say to us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter in. Enter into the glory. Stand with me this morning. I'm going to read one more verse and we'll close. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, 
what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Would you bow your heads this morning? If you're watching by live stream, maybe at one time you were living for God, you've walked away. Maybe you're not living for God. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Owen, I'm really not living for God. This season is all about Jesus being the reason to love on you. So with heads bowed, nobody looking around, Christians are praying right now. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you've really turned away, with nobody looking around, would you just lift your hand and say, Owen, remember me in prayer. Just lift it up and take it back down. Yes. Anybody else? Anybody else? I don't want to miss you. You'd say, Owen, remember me in prayer. I want to make Jesus Lord of my life. Those hands that have gone up already, the heavens rejoicing. Anybody else just remember me in that prayer, Owen? Don't want to miss you. Maybe you're here this morning and you say, Owen, I've made Jesus my Lord, but I've really not been walking out Christ. I've been so busy with fearing things, worrying about things, doing other things, trying to make a living, trying to be a parent, trying to get over hurts and pains, rejection that's taken place or the loss. But I just want the Lord to know that 2023 is going to be a new year for me. If that's you, nobody looking at would you just lift your hand and say, that is me. Yeah, a lot of hands going up. Yeah, a lot of hands going up. You can put them back down. I want everybody to pray this prayer if you're watching or listening to this later on. You can receive Christ. It's about a decision you're making in your heart. The Bible says to believe and receive him. <laughs> Lord, I look out before me this morning and I see so many people that have touched my life, that have encouraged me, been a blessing to me. I've seen so many young people, God, that have grown up to be mighty, mighty men and women, God, that are, they are good people. In the kingdom, in their families, I'm so grateful for them. But Lord, there are many that lifted their hand. Some for the very first time, they want to receive you. Some want to rededicate their lives to you. I want everybody to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. You truly are God. You went to the cross. You died for me. Then you rose from the grave in victory for my sins to be forgiven. I receive the forgiveness from you, Jesus. Help me to be all that you want me to be. Give me a hunger for your word to fellowship with believers and to be an overcomer. Help me not to live in fear, not to allow relationships that were broken to hinder me, make me a rebuilder. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. If you said that and you need a Bible or some literature, I'll have Pastor Taylor up here. But thank you. We'll see you Christmas Eve. Have an awesome week. Merry Christmas. Enjoy one another. If you'd like to support the ministry at Church Alive, there are three easy ways for you to give. You can give at www.churchalivewc.org. Click the giving button in the top of the menu. Then you will scroll to the giving page. And there you will choose a designation. Then type in the amount you'd like to give. You can choose to give to another fund by clicking the Add a Donation button. Leave a comment or make your gift reoccurring by clicking in the box. Then you will click whether you want to give by a card or your bank account. Enter your information and check the amount you want to give, then click the Submit button. You can also give through the Church Alive app that can be found in your phone's app store. Once you've downloaded the app, click on the Church Alive app, click the Giving button, and then click Continue on the next page. You'll be taken to the app's Giving page. From there, follow the instructions for giving online. If you'd like to send a check, the address is Church Alive Worship Center at 2401 South 100 West, Lafayette, Indiana, 47909. We want to thank you for being part of the Church Life family, and we pray that God will bless you.